Hello, my sweet, sweet jean jacket eaters. Welcome back to the Bravo Games podcast, the only alternate universe where Tom Sandoval is considered a professional athlete. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us. I'm your host, Christina Laske. I will be joined this week by Michelle Morrow, as always, and um, a very special guest, a literal powerhouse of a human. It's Sarah Coates. She is an actor, a mother, a Scorpio, a comedic genius, but most importantly, a true Bravo historian who gives a State of the Union address at the top of this podcast that is honestly pure poetry. It gave me literal chills. It was so beautiful. I almost cried. I'm not exaggerating. She is honestly the best and we are so lucky to have her in this league. She is one half of team Cosmopolitans. Her team is, well, It's not doing so great. I'm not going to lie to you. But she did rack up some team points this week because Spooky Joe arrived. That was a little slice of chaos that we needed. So she's got Spooky Joe. She's also got Ariana and Dan. So I suspect that she will be racking up some points. Speaking of this week, what an episode of Vanderpump. Um, Lisa went on an apology tour for Sandoval, urging all the women to not be people pleasers and to be nicer to him. Meanwhile, he is continuing to show zero signs of remorse or regret while cold plunging next to a very eager and uh, supportive Billy Lee. James Kennedy got to flex his newfound number one guy in the group status by throwing a Burbank pool party for the gang and almost burned his new big boy house right down to the ground while he, California, sobered his ass off. All this to say, it was quite an episode as far as points are considered. The leagues have once again been shaken to their core as teams previously on the bottom just shot right to the top. And uh, a lot of teams kind of had a fall from grace this week. You know, it's as she Tina Shea loves to plagiarize. It's all happening. It really is all happening. And we are going to talk about it with Sarah this week. I will say Michelle and I decided that doing the scene by scene recaps was maybe getting a little tedious. So this week we're, uh, we, we threw it away. We threw it away and we're a little bit more loose. We talk about the episode, of course, but we just kind of wanted to like chat. You know, we have Sarah and Sarah is so funny. She knows so much about Bravo. It just felt wrong to, to put her on a leash, you know? We're wild animals and we we don't want to be on leashes. We don't want to be in cages. We're uncaged animals. Uh, Okay, me and the metaphors. I feel like, am I turning into Tom Sandoval? Like, is that what's happening? I hope not. It's too much. It's too much talking about this show, but we're going to keep doing it. Um, The fun thing about this episode, too, is that we just kind of get into it. We allow for tangents. We told a bunch of personal anecdotes, maybe too many personal anecdotes on my end. But uh, it it felt good. It felt good to just kind of talk. So hopefully you like it. Hopefully it feels good for you too. If you are enjoying the show, please rate us five stars and leave a review. It would mean so much to us. It really helps the show. And, you know, this is like a silly thing that we're doing, but it does take some work to put out. So we just really appreciate that anyone at all is listening. So thank you for finding us. Thank you for coming back every week. And as always, if you want to play along, if you want to see all the final scores and the numbers and all that stuff, anything that you need can be be found at thebravogames.com. It's being updated all the time. I'm rambling. Just join us. You can hop in anytime. You don't have to do the math. You can just watch the show. You can cheer on your players. Michelle releases the scores each week. It's so fun. So hop on in if you're nasty. Anyway, the Ramble Queen, that's me, is uh, done rambling now. So I will let you enjoy this week's episode. It's a fun one. We're talking Vanderpump Rules Season 11, Episode 4, 
dog days of summer. I'm just waiting for like when I almost text you like so when's our sleepover like when can we we're gonna have watch it. 90s HBO DVDs <laughs> I have cat Alex. house collected I need you to we need to watch the Ashley Simpson show we have oh, yes. the Ashley we have a Simpson, lot to... Simpson show is that a thing yeah oh my god Michelle, Michelle. From, from about 2003 I want to say I would say yeah, 2003, Ashley Simpson had a reality show. It's like a big part of my personality. <laughs> so, absolutely. Um, I would highly recommend. Oof. It's a good watch. I think there's a couple seasons, at least two, right? Two at seasons. least two or three. Absolutely. And the yeah. whole SNL thing is on the show. Like they were filming the show yeah. when she did her jig on <laughs> SNL. Ugh. I feel like it's I need dream. to watch this just for like friendship research. Yes. That's, that's well, smart yeah. 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 Well, yeah. 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 I'll give you a list that. of things you need to. Did you ever watch Cat House on HBO about the Moonlight Bunny Ranch? No. It's very. It's amazing. It you see sex on screen, but it is. It, it's kind of like a parody of The Girls Next Door, but it's at an actual brothel, and I used to be obsessed. And <laughs> right. you can't watch it anymore, so I bought the DVDs. Oh, and that's nice. Goldie's favorite. The DVD case is Goldie's favorite toy. She just like holds it, and it's like yes. there's a woman named Air Force Amy. Oh yeah, she's she's like fifty something. She specializes in helping people lose their virginity. It's actually very sweet. Wait, helping people lose their virginity and then also anal. So those are her two oh. specialties. Right. Yeah, she's. It's important to be versatile, flexible. It absolutely highly recommend. Oh yeah, I can't wait. I cannot. I haven't seen it in so many years, and that was like the HBO heyday of being a child and like watching like taxicab confessions or real sex. And you're like, what am I watching right now? And now kids can just Google like, yeah, anal. Um, Anything. And they're like, oh, there it is. But we had to wait for it to come on HBO and like yeah. hide from our parents. Yeah. And like hold and my parents were cheap. So it was only when it was free. Yeah. <laughs> have it, have the, it be like your fingers on the last button, like just so you could flip it to Nick at night or whatever as soon as necessary. <laughs> the best. Oh, you love Ah, youth. All right. Hey, Michelle. Hey. How's it going? It's going. It's going. We got it all hooked up. Oh, thank you. You do. (laughs) Thanks. I appreciate that. (laughs) Your hair is top tier. Your hair is hitting like peak hair. Thanks, guys. I love when people bang. I love a bang. Yeah, right. I'm here for a bang. A woman came up to me once and said, bangs change lives. (laughs) Like I had just cut my bangs years ago and she goes, bangs change lives. And I was like, yeah. They do. They do. I have a girlfriend who got them in the last six months and she is like living her best like bang life, you know, like all the Instagram shots and everything. It's like very featured. I'm so I'm happy for her. You got to have the right hair and the right face shape to pull the bangs off. But when they work, boy, do they work. I'm jealous of people who have a full bang because then you don't have to like get Botox. You know what I mean? Like you're just you're covered. Well, no that's why it. I started Botox later because I grew out my bangs and was like, what is this right. like, <laughs> horizontal <laughs> stripage? I exactly. didn't know I was like a tiger on the top. <laughs> now I'm flat as a baby. The bangs hide it. The bangs hide it. 
Um, okay, well, you guys, welcome to the Bravo Games podcast. This is a monumental day in history. We have just the goat of like, I was going to say the goat of all time, but that would be redundant. Um, I don't even know how to introduce this woman. She's pure magic incarnate. This is going to be the best episode we've ever had, which isn't saying much, but it's saying a lot. You know what I mean? So please welcome Sarah Coates. Yeah. Yay. Yay. The, the pressure I feel now is strong, but I'm Good. okay with that. And if it's all right with you guys, I kind of have like a state of the union that I'd like to tell your listeners. Please. I was watching last night Please. and these words started to flow out into my notes app. Mm, like an MLK speech. It's... Well, um, it, it's it's kind of a little bit of like how I came to Bravo. Good. And if you know. guys are okay, I would love to just give that to you right oh, now. That's all I want. I'm um, so happy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if yeah. you're a listener, please rise because um, I'm about to give my State of the Union. My Bravo journey started in 2006. With Vicki Gunvalson, Gina Kehoe, Joe De La Rosa, Lori Peterson, Sky Tops, the OC Angels, Family Vans, Vicky doing keg stands at her son's college home in front of his friends. I was there when Sheena Marie Shea and her gray tooth took us from the luxurious world of the real housewives of Beverly Hills to the back alleyways of Sur, where we met these beautiful chain-smoking monsters that we are here to talk about today. Ladies and gentlemen, days and thems, I speak Bravo fluently. And as my opinions will change on a dime, many times throughout this podcast, one thing I know for certain, these are the most complex women on television, and I am lucky to have been a part of their lives for the last almost 20 years years. You may be seated. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That was amazing. Wow. 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 Can we just play that before every episode? That might be like, I might just get that music and that's going to be our intro music every episode. That was transcendent. I've been on quite a few podcasts, but I've never talked about Bravo on a (gasps) podcast. And when I tell you that it felt, it flowed out of me like a river. It was, it just was what I've been wanting to say mm. for so long. And when I met Christina, we spoke this language fluently. Michelle introduced us at a wonderful night where we drank too much at Pump. Rest in peace. No, you guys and actually met before that at my birthday party. Oh, yes. And guess what? Your one year friendship anniversary is in a month. <sighs> That is it so feels like a million years. A million years and a, and a few seconds all at once. And a few seconds. It's yeah. like it's, the time, where does she go? Wow. Um, so I just wanted to, to give you guys kind of where I started with Bravo because I think that it is one of the most important things in the zeitgeist and in who I am fundamentally as a person. It's just always been there. Um, I've been yeah. at concerts at the Hollywood Bowl and I've yelled something um, – who said that? And someone will be like, oh, Real Housewives of Atlanta. Like people will come out of the woodwork to just discuss these women. There are men, but let me tell you, it brings people together. And and when 
Michelle was talking to me about Bravo in a whole, I just said, these are the most complicated, beautiful women of a certain age on television. Mm-hmm. You will find no better performance. And these are yeah. all Emmy worthy, Oscar worthy performances. Yeah. You yeah. didn't lie, man. The, like the entertainment yeah. level is just, you can't write this stuff. Like they just come up with the craziest things. Um, and I remember Sarah well, who- would tell me about it and I'd be like, I, maybe I need to get into this. And then it took Nick Roth to be like, you know, we could play this game with housewives and that's what got me watching. And then Lindsay told Christina and we started texting. And what would happen is the two of you, I would text you both in separate threads and I would joke about whatever I saw and like clockwork, you guys would have the the exact same response (laughs) to me over text. And I was like, these women must meet, like, immediately. And Bravo is – because Bravo is a language. Yeah. It truly is. It's – it's there's deep beauty in every facet, um, you know, and Andy Cohen's at the center. Yeah. So nice. let me ask you a question. Like, as an OG watcher mm. of these shows, as am I, how do you feel about the newfound uh, fervor if you will, how does it feel to have people who kind of gave you shit maybe for years and years or just the overall feeling of the energy shift of the acceptance of this thing that that it, that belongs to you inside of your heart that now you've had to break apart like a crown and share with the whole school? You know, as I throw the pieces of the crown, I feel like it feels like when like douchey guys in high school, I'd be like, I like the band Something Corporate. And they were like, name five songs kind of thing. So Mm. at the beginning of Scandaval, I was like, how dare you come out of Mm. the woodwork to figure out what this is about when I've been working since day one. Right. But, you know, I've moved past that into, I'm just happier here. That's how I feel as well. Because there was a moment when I thought, let's get rid of Vanderpump Rules. We're done. You know, there were a couple- That um, must be hard to say. It It was hard to hear. I'm sure. And (laughs) there were a couple moments. You know, we lost our Stassis. We lost our Kristens. We lost our Jaxes. We lost the chaos demons of the show. And we were left with what I assumed were kind of the Toms and- the boring people, I guess, but it just whipped into a frenzy. And I don't even really remember the week that Scandaval popped off. I was just on my phone, literally my, like that week, it was like, you've gone up 95% on your phone usage. I was just, (laughs) what's Sheena saying? What Jax, what does Jax have to say? I was like, does anyone have eyes on Kristen Doty? We need to figure this out. Um, But I'm just happy to have people. That reminds me of the New York Times article, which is the elephant in the room here right now. But the idea, one of the things that she brought up in that article was like how interesting it is to see, to chart the rise of reality TV stars in a way that like we haven't really gotten to do where we really see them go from absolute nothing, like they're waiters to their rise. And now they they have no other choice but to document how like they have to break the fourth wall now because it's gotten too out of control to watch kind of like the ego fly. And there is this like weird thing that I don't feel like was happening before where we have real time data mixed with the show that we're watching. When Scandaval was happening, we were watching a show we know this stuff is about to go down. So we have clues, we have Easter eggs, like it created like an interactive element to these shows that like had never really, I don't feel like happened before. 
1000%. And it's, I had a friend text me the other day saying something or yesterday saying something about Ariana and how they don't like how she's acting and stuff like that. And I had to go pause, ma'am. This was still three months out for her. Let's get ourselves back to where we were at that time because I feel we're all collectively going through it. It's not just Ariana. Tom did that to me too. Tom did that to you guys too. And most importantly to Sheena. (laughs) He mostly did it to Sheena. And also Lala. He did it to Lala. And Tom did it to himself, but then everybody did it to him. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. It's uh, it's really (laughs) – it really is. It really is so much. Um, real quick, we're doing things a little out of order, but I'm happy about it. I think that we're going to do less. I'll just warn everyone. We're not going to do as much like scene by scene recapping this episode. There's too much to talk about. I want to hear from Sarah about the episode, of course, but also all of these things that feed into the Bravo language and how you came to us and, and all of that. So, um, But I did want to ask you, what is the name of your team? And your motto, and then who's on your team, and how do you feel about how it's going? Wonderful. Um, my team <laughs> is the Cosmopolitans, um, with the little hand claps between those things. And Very our important. team motto is: Does everybody remember when Jacks fuck Faith? You would think with those two things that I have James on my team. I do not. No. The leader of my team is Ariana Maddox. Um, then we have Strong Dan. And Spooky Joe, who made her appearance today, which was... Boy, was she spooky. Except she was spooky. There's a point where Matt leaned over and he goes, do you think everybody can see her? (laughs) Because Tom did... Sandoval did not like... He acted like he did not see her at all, did not comment. And she was like commenting on what they were like, oh, it's really glad. I'm really glad that Lala is talking to you. And no one commented to Joe. He didn't even look at her in the face. So she was actually one of my picks. Yeah. For um, the Veil Award this week was she's one of my picks for it because of that scene. Like they're just like, she's talking and no one cares. <laughs> I I also want to nominate her for the um, Kristen Doty most unhinged because she has the most unhinged energy of anyone I've ever seen on this show, which is really saying a lot. And the cutting his hair in the middle of the living room with a dog on his lap. She doesn't want to clean it up. I was, it was with bugs nearby. There are bugs somewhere in that apartment. That's not for me. I feel like them as a couple would be like one of those couples that lives in a van and like doesn't shower a lot. Like they they give like urchin vibes. Like they both need to be in a couple with someone who reminds them to brush their teeth. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like oh, we got to do it again. Like I just did it. And it's like, yeah, we got to do it a couple times a day. <laughs> They're very similar. Like even when Tom walked in, he's like, oh, what are you guys doing? And and. He's like, oh, a little trimaroo. And she's like, yeah, trimarooski. I'm like, what? Yeah. And he's like, pick up the pubes. And she's like, got the pubes. She's not that I see any of myself in Spooky Joe, Uh-oh. but sometimes when I meet new people, I match the energy. And it's just kind of how, you know, the anxiety in me comes out. I don't think that's what's happening with Joe, but I do. It's just, it was just. The awkwardness felt like humidity. It was palpable. I just yeah. felt like I was walking into something weird. But wasn't she, correct me if I'm wrong, Spooky Joe came into the group via Kristen Doty. They were friends, right? Yes. Best friends. That's best, best friends. friends. Best friends. 
my God, it kills me. Um, I have something to admit that is, I don't want to admit it, but I'm going to admit it Uh-oh. here today on the pod. I am 100% positive that Tom Schwartz would bamboozle me in real life. When I watch him on the show, I can step back from it, but his foppy hair, his weird little shirts and yep. just just goofiness yep. would re- – and him saying to me, you have the most beautiful lips I've ever seen platonically. Yep. It would just like hit every private area on me. I'd be like, I'm here for this. Girl, thank you. Um, from on this side of the screen, I think he is dark. It's a mm. dark energy. But in real life, he would bamboozle me. And if we saw him, if we went to – Yes. Schwartz and Sandy is, I would be so nice to him. and I would try to make out with him. <laughs> you would try to make out with him. Of course. Yes. That's you the would. whole point. Matt would on. be okay with it. God, I would be like, happen. You'd get a lot of points for your team, you know, if you did that. So I'm Thank encouraged. You. Is that, can we get points for kissing members? If she made out with Tom Schwartz, I would absolutely give her points for her team. Okay. She could, and she's not doing great right now. Her team is pretty close to last. So it might we're, in the, we're in last. My team is in last. You're in dead last. I believe. Yeah. We're dead like last. mid-pack, but you know, she could use the points. I'm just saying you could. I thought Ariana would be the ringer in this game. And it to me, I really wish I would have chosen friends and family because friends and family are popping up everywhere yes. of these people. And every time yeah. one walks out, I'm like, God damn it. It's yeah. not fair. The catch-all yeah. teams are, are scary. The friends category though, they do, they do pop off. They are, they are as well. Like both of them are, are great. But we upped the ante on the Brava Lebs. Like whenever a Brava Leb shows up, they get 10 points. But also they're going to get reunion points because Andy's there. So they're going to get that later. So don't forget. Got it. So I'm not a lost cause. I could oh, still no. come up from last place. I think that you with both um, Strong Dan and Spooky Joe with <sighs> makeout points in your future, um, with just like unhinged moments like that, I mean – I would say that 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 haircut is like very top of the unhinged list right now. Even when she picked him up off the ground, like he was a toddler, <laughs> like she just like hoisted him up, like crazy. It was so weird. It was so weird. Who cuts hair like that? Like in just in general. Know. Part of me was like, why don't my hairstylists come to my house? I was like, I want that. I feel like right. that's like when you've hit a certain level when they when they come to your home. So, yeah. but at, my stylist wouldn't live with me. I also don't think she's a hairstylist. I think she's someone who's cutting his hair for free. I think there's a difference there. Yeah, so if Matt yeah. if Matt were to cut your hair on the living room floor, that would be a similar thing as to what's happening here. I do wonder if she's the one who gives him the the hair we've seen in the trailer where he has like yellow the blonde dad bod Ken. Dad no, bod he goes Ken. to a salon to get that done. They Does they show he? it. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank God for her because that would have been, <laughs> been rough. bad for business. Bad am for I attracted business. to it? Yes, I am attracted to the dad bod Ken. I can't help like what I like. Okay. I I have to tell you that the other day Lindsay looked at me like with full seriousness and said, "I still believe that you and Schwartz belong together." And I thought, like, that's I like is that an in like I'm like I'm horrified. I don't know what to I don't know why you would I don't I didn't know what to really make of that. I felt like it was offensive. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's a little of both. It's isn't everything hard. though? And I think you guys would have a lot of fun. Sure. And it would, would be a blast. But he won't go to therapy. No. 
No, he won't. But but you know, he'll be fun to go out and do stuff with. <laughs> I I have enough mm-hmm. fun by myself. Um, but I would make out with him give, given the yes. chance. I yeah. dated a Schwartz type guy for a while. Yeah. Like very, I think I've told you both of that as I've seen him on the show. I'm like, this reminds me so much of an ex-boyfriend of mine. He like lied to me forever about being in a band. Like he wasn't telling me he was going to like band practice. And like, so I start accusing him of cheating on me naturally. And he's like, no, I'm not. And it finally comes out that he's just been at band practice and they wanted to keep it a secret because like he was replacing some other guy or something. And I was like, what? but so you would rather like make me crazy and like worried that you're lying to me and have all these like arguments about like, you could have just maybe told me. <laughs> wow. I mean, that's very Schwartzy kind of like not include Katie, not care about what she would think. Like everyone else is sort of like on a pedestal above, like you don't trust who you're with. You're kind of dismissive and it just, there's things that I'm like, Oh, I see what I did. Your ex. That's exactly because his, he's, he's putting other people like Tom Sandoval above even right. someone he's supposed to be sleeping with and loving and his wife. And over something and, stupid, like, like stupid yeah. things, you know, like that's the thing with, with shorts that always gets me is it's always like something like not worth it. Like, or at least in the past with, with Katie, it was just always sort of, I don't know, just bad decisions all around. Consideration. Thing. And then when you're in a certain age, you know, and you just, it's just, but yeah, but they are like in person, they are so fun. Like Schwartzies, I think like to hang out with and go yeah. around with, you can be totally goofy with the guy. Um, so yeah, anyway, fingers crossed. I have a question for, for you guys. <laughs> what yes. do you think? What do you think of the gals, the something about her gals not going to Tahoe? How do you feel about that? Well, I will say in regards to that favorite line of the episode nomination is going to be I'd rather eat a jean jacket. That was probably <laughs> the best line of the episode and I'm going to start saying it a lot. So the fact that Katie would rather eat a jean jacket than go to Tahoe feels correct, but I'm yeah. mm. sad that they're not going to go for the show purposes. Like, I do feel like we're going to get to a point where something's got to give, somebody's got to do something so that we're not just a fractured cast moving forward. Yes. Um, but you, like, I mean, I would go if I was on the show, but I also am not a grudge holder. So what do you, what do you guys think about it? Michelle. I don't know. Like they are it it it's their ex-boyfriends, like so and, and like major ones. Like it's sort of like, why do I want to put what Katie said, which is like, why do I want to put all my things on hold to like go hang out in Tahoe with my ex? Like because well, you're filming a show and yeah, because not- they're filming a show. <laughs> like that's your I mean, job. Look, because it was if it, if I were filming a show and doing it, I would show up. But if if it was just me and my group of friends, like Probably not. Like I've definitely turned down places to go because of people. Of course. But when you're getting paid, which we've learned now is like upwards of $35,000 an episode, you know, yeah, you go to Tahoe. Up. Have a yeah. combo. Get in a Sprinter van. Mm. Eat some Doritos. Yes. Film that. Yep. And let me see it. I want to see it from yes. the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I'm, on, I'm on the train of like – and I, I also have another – from listening to the podcast, we have – 
we defame Katie a lot here. Mm. People don't like her. I cut a lot of it out, but okay. No, it's okay. Uh, Matt told me about it. Okay. Because I only have one thing to say with Katie that I don't think anyone ever brings up. And it was brought up once, maybe like two seasons ago. She has a closed head injury. Mm. She yes. fell through a skylight. Mm. Mm-hmm. Taking a, a selfie. Yes. And yeah. taking a selfie, mm. which is just a, you can't write that. You can't write it. <laughs> no. And- to me, that's where her anger and disdain comes from. Mm. It, it comes from a place – that's my guess. I'm not a doctor. No, I like I like that. I think that it's empathetic. And I also think that her being with Schwartz was such a wrong <sighs> match between both of them that it really brought out like the worst in each other. Like you can see Absolutely. shreds of Tom – Schwartz um, with Sandoval kind of trying to tell him to like, hey, like calm down. Don't be so angry. You got to come with. And I think he used to try to do this with Katie, which was not the thing to do with Katie. I mean, Sandoval doesn't like it either, but we are watching it in a, in a different way when he does it with Sandoval. Whereas when he was doing it with Katie, we're like, oh, he's not taking her side. And granted, they're not married. It's a different situation. But I just think like they're wrong for each other in every way. And I'm so glad that they got to. I'm so glad. <laughs> Yeah, they are wrong for each other. I totally agree. But, you know, I do like there are things I think we talked about it last episode a little bit was that there are things about Katie that we're probably similar to, like more similar as than like, say, Sheena. Um, but I I kind of get her. And I also appreciate that she's like the only one who hasn't cheated, you know, well, that, that we, we know, know of. of. Yeah. yeah, that we know of, that we know of. Well, just the fact that like – I know we're jumping around, but like all this stuff is going on with Schwartz's family. And even Lala recognized mm. like, hey, oh. I wasn't taking this into consideration. I'm, I want to acknowledge that like I know that you're going through a lot. I know that there's stuff going on with your brother and your dad and all of this stuff. And, you know, I'm sorry that I wasn't sensitive to that. And I just want to see Katie do that. They were married. She like knows his family. I don't care how bad of a husband he was. It's not, it's just, I don't know. She just seems like she's like righteous. And now Ariana is overly righteous to the point where it's like, all right, I I get it. You're not wrong, but you also like can have some humanity. Um, more so with the Katie Schwartz thing, I think. Yeah. Who is married? Like, <laughs> and as a Scorpio, I hold yes. a lot of anger in my heart, and so when I see someone angry, it like fills me with joy because I'm like, oh, they're experiencing what I feel all the time. But I do agree with you. There comes a point where don't do it for them; do it for yourself because you're just going to hold that anger, and it's going to. Well, if you're saying you know, that you actually get joy off of the anger, then maybe that is doing it for herself. See, I didn't realize that that was a thing. Oh, she. <laughs> I didn't understand. See, that's a beautiful thing to ha- to be told because I didn't understand that people actually get like joy out of feeling feeling that way. When I'm not the only one holding it, when I'll I'll see someone else get angry like for me, like if something happens to me and then Matt jumps in and he's like, "Yeah, fuck them," I'm oh, always yeah, like, nice. "Ooh, kiss me," you know. It just makes me feel like I'm like, let's. Let's make out because it is, this, uh, yeah, it it does like fill you sort of with like um, exhilaration, like for sure. And but I think Lala, I'm not proud of it. No, and I but I I really appreciated what Lala said this episode about mm. anger and about holding it in. And you know, I think one of the lines that I loved was when she said, "I can't go from machetes to crying in the fetal position," right? Mm. Which I completely 
get like and understand. And I worked so hard not to be angry all the time and really try now to see the better in people instead of just the, you know, the defense mm-hmm. mechanism that comes up that I'm sure Katie feels that, you know, everybody feels it's very natural. Yeah. Lala's definitely been to therapy. Yeah. Yeah. Like you can feel it in this episode more than ever. Like the words that she's using, would she say, I don't want to wear my trauma like a badge of honor. And she's just like saying so many therapy speak totally. words. I, um, I'm, I'm enjoying it to a certain degree, but it because she's on my team, it's a real bummer. Yeah. yeah. Oh, she did get a lot of points this week for the apology stuff. Like she apologized to Schwartz. He apologized to her. So there was a lot of like good vibes there for her. Okay. In the point categories. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, one of the other big things that happened in this episode is Casa James and the pool party. Um, uh, what I wouldn't give to to be able to attend a James Kennedy Burbank pool party <laughs> under the airplane. Same, man. One day. I'm so proud of him. He's yes. a little sweetie McSweets. <laughs> and when he... Like even in the backyard, it, you guys talked about it on the episode with Matt where he like he's like, this is my couch. This is my bedroom. This is my bathroom. Mm-hmm. And he's like, these are my hot dogs. These are my blow-up toys. Look at this. This is my ladder. Yeah. My barbecue. And I bought a barbecue. It's one of those things. I have a feeling in his life he didn't have like real things to grasp onto like growing up. Maybe there wasn't like stability and he's created the stability for himself. So of course he's going to show it to you and it's really sweet to me. And I think Allie in these scenes at their house, she is the voice of reason. She is the audience proxy. I at first was like, she's going to be boring, but I'm obsessed with her. Yeah. She's great. I really like Allie. She really popped off this episode too. Like the whole dinner about the date night thing with James, like, and uh, Sheena and Brock, like just all of her perspective on it was fantastic. Um, she even like shaded Schwartz really hard about the plants. Like, we're yeah. doing any, like amazing. She's doing great. She also gave <laughs> James like such a look when he sprayed her with the hose, where I was like, oh, she is keeping him in his place. She is not fucking around. Yeah, um, yeah I, I, she definitely has, even though she's much younger than him, she definitely has like a more motherly uh, dominant energy, which I think is good for him. Totally. A hundred percent. As opposed yeah. to I think Raquel. he tried to do a lot of stuff for the camera with like, remember when he tried to like shove a burger into her face and oh, she was yeah, like, don't that do was, that. And then eat it out of her mouth. And she has like clear boundaries. She's like, no, I don't like this. And she's yeah. like, we're not spraying me. I just had this hair done. Like, exactly. no. And I feel like Raquel was different where she just wanted to be on TV. Like she didn't even really know what person she was. She was like, oh, I'm just going to be with James so I can be on television. Speaking of Raquel, did either of you venture into her podcast this week by chance? If it's the one that you're t- – because of the her release schedule is behind by a couple of days. If this is the one where she had her publicist on? Yes. Yeah, I listened to that. <laughs> yes, and her sort of concern that – not but like she's angry that like Lisa is so concerned with Tom's mental health but not hers and it's like well you're not on the television show if if she had come back Lisa would be going so hard for everyone to be nice to Raquel way more over Tom i just thought it was interesting that she still isn't like getting that none of this is r- real in that way you know like no i absolutely agree i think the only reason that Lisa wouldn't push for Raquel is graham cracker 
Well, that wouldn't have happened if she hadn't have gone to treatment. I mean, that's the thing. It's all like a, it's all like a Cohen. Oh, we movie. think that she wouldn't have gone to treatment. I was right. thinking like if she went to treatment and then popped back into the show and then her parents, because I know her mom gave away graham cracker. Unreal. Allegedly. Unbelievable. Allegedly. Allegedly gave away graham cracker. Yeah. It's hard though. I mean, if somebody gives you a dog that's biting you, I mean, I, I personally wouldn't give a dog, but it, it is like I, I just to play devil's advocate, like I don't know what you do in that situation if you have a dog that's like like a danger to you in your house. I don't really know how how you'd handle that. I think you'd just give it to James, really, like or at least call him. Like, I don't know. Because right. he was also the dad of it, so he should have like say in it. You know, it becomes yeah. hard with with animal custody stuff. Absolutely, and it's such yeah. a chaotic situation. I'm sure the mom didn't know. Like yeah. the whole world hates her daughter. Like what? Like I think she did right. know because she sent her on Bethany's podcast, um, which was also oh, a bad Jesus. move. Um, but speaking of custody, I'm curious, Sarah, how you feel. Like you and Matt own a house together. Now, if you mm-hmm. were in a similar situation where you guys were, God forbid, separating and the house was like a thing and the market wasn't good. Do you, do you, do you see a world in which you would continue to live? Like when they at the beginning of this episode showed them like brushing their teeth on two sides of the house, I was like, oh yeah, like it is so crazy that these people live in the same house. Well, I just want to get your specific take on this. First and foremost, I would take down the picture of us that's yes. at the top of the stairwell. Directly outside like, your bedroom? That looks like it's made with Legos or light bright little things. Like, first of all, that would come down. Um, I understand, you know, again, kind of like James, like working really hard. Because when we met these people, they were in the grossest apartment you'd ever done seen in West Hollywood. Would I love to go there today? Yes. Mm -hmm. And when like Kristen Doty was hanging up those Ikea like candle things, like it just is burned in my brain. So to... (laughs) Become successful enough to get your own house, which is a really big deal. And of course, you're not going to want to leave it. And then you guys talked about this too, but it took them forever to furnish it. Right. Yeah. And I think they're waiting for free stuff, but who knows, like (laughs) for someone to come in. But but I would go. I would go or I would say he had to go. I I feel – but of course, Matt and I have a very different relationship. I think if Matt did that, I think he would say, well, I'm going to – get out of here. Right. Um, or if I did it, I would be like, well, I did this, so I'm going to get out of here. I feel like as we've seen throughout these episodes, especially this episode, Tom does not feel like he did anything wrong. And he feels like this is happening to him, yes. not because of him, and that he has nothing to apologize for at all. Um, but I think that I th- I would hope that Matt or I would – one of us would get out of here because right. I would not want to like run into him. Right. And no, get upset all and, over again. Like, have right. it ruin your day. Like, because you have to look at him. Like, I'm like, my day's already no. ruined by you changing our text thread photo to him with the cherry. Like, now I have to see that <laughs> pop up. I'm like, That's enough for me just to see him in the flesh. I so am. Gross. I've never been more sure in my life after seeing that picture of him tonguing that cherry that he has never in his life made a woman come. Like he, not <laughs> never. lack of trying. Like he is. He's trying for too long to the point where women are faking it to get him like away from yes. them. That's what's happening. A thousand percent. Hundred percent. Absolutely. 
That was just yeah. so Ooh, disturbing. Well, and I clicked on because I was like, oh, there's the New York Times article and there's like the interview magazine article. So I went, I'm like, okay, I'm going to read them. And no, it's not an article. It's literally just those five pictures of him eating grocery store cakes with like a quote about each cake. Like that is the article. What a time to be alive. Yeah. We don't fuck? need to learn anything. I just need to see these images and share them and hate them. Yeah. Tom's mental health is a big topic in this episode. Yeah. Everyone is talking about it in every corner of every venue. And I'm curious what you think. I mean, for me, I believe that he – I believe that the type of suicidal thought that he had – because he even says, I just thought that was the best way, the best way to show everyone that I was sorry – And that I would just go away. And it's like, no, you wanted to make everyone feel bad. Like when someone breaks up with you and you're like, well, I should just kill myself. That'll show them. Like that's the level I think that he had suicidal thoughts. I think it was just like, yeah, well, everyone will feel really stupid for being mean to me if I killed myself. Right. Like as a, as like a dig back at everyone. Right. But he's not going to be like a little ghost that can pop up and like watch it. Like I don't think he thinks of the finality of it. Right. And it's so hard. It's such a hard topic. And when I was watching the episode, I was like, oh my God, we have to talk about this because it's so serious. It's so serious. And it makes me, I found the way he talked about it a tad manipulative. And I hate seeing that because it's- Why is that a problem? I mean, I don't think that we're, if anything, I think that his using it in the way that he does is the disrespectful thing, not us calling it out. I I feel like that's not- See? yeah, it doesn't feel fair. You've for changed us my to mind, like, absolutely. Yeah, because like that is what he's doing. He brings it up at, at the most opportune moment. Like when he was fighting with Lisa, he didn't say it like I'm really scared for myself. He said it because she was coming after him and he was yelling back at her, like you don't understand how hard my life is. Like I even thought about killing myself. It was a way for him to get her Ooh. off of his back. He was not asking yeah. for help. No one is recommending him he go to a fucking mental health facility. Lisa's version no. of dealing with it is like, well, hey, everyone, be nice to him and invite him to Tahoe. And stop being a people pleaser, Sheena. Yeah, that's not fair to put on Shishu. Well, also, too, he, he didn't he like directly quote her brother, too, because he said something. She said something like at Villa Rosa where he said, there's only so much a person can take before they break. Like, I feel like he knew to say that to her. Yeah, because he's so manipulative. And it's interesting. I I would never do it because that would take too long. But taking these moments now from when the whole Kristen thing happened, like he's saying the same things over and over to manipulate people and to gaslight people. Um, And it makes me sad that Lisa – I mean, yeah, she has a show and of course she probably wants all the people, but like if he's manipulating her about her brother to make her feel bad for him, it's just pro Sandoval propaganda and I'm not here for it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) She's really doing like, she's on the apology tour for him at this point. Like Mm -hmm. she's getting them to have empathy for him in a way that like he's not able to do himself. And it feels like if you can't do it yourself and are you worthy of it? Like if you can't even come to these people, even when Schwartz is like, maybe you just need to talk to Lala and he's like, oh yeah, I'll say sorry, Lala, for like making you money on your merch. Like he still doesn't get, he just doesn't see it. This is his plan, like, right? He winds up Lisa and now she's wound up Sheena and this is like, this is his plan. Like this is what he wants. That he's They're playing right into his hands. What I thought was kind of fascinating about his one of his confessionals was 
he compared himself to Andy from Shawshank. Yeah, yeah. Andy Dufresne from Shawshank. He loves to compare himself to like- You're not wrongfully accused, sir. Or 19, like late 90s movies, like when he talked about Varsity Blues with Nick Vile and, you know, like all of his references are from when he went to movies in high school. Yeah, OJ Simpson. Can we pause? Can we pause for a moment really quick? Because he said that he's 40 years old and everything online says that he was born in 1983. I was born in 1983. I graduated in 2002. But when you go back, there is a yearbook article of him that he graduated as a senior in the year 2000. So he is at least 42 years old, at least maybe Mm. 43. So liar from the beginning, liar from the beginning. He's even disgusted in an episode where he said he was he graduated in the year 2000. He did not graduate at 16 years old. I'm no, sorry. No. <laughs> there not are possible. some lies. And there's a full BuzzFeed article that I will send to you about like someone like went. Oh, we've talked about this on the pod. This is my favorite oh. lie that Tom has told. Because it's... and also on top of it, maybe in that article it will say, and maybe we'll just share it on our on our Instagram account for all of our listeners. Yes. But he also says his birthday is July seventh instead of July first because it sounds Does it sound cooler. cooler. Yeah. Yes. Get out of here. Love it. It's perfect. Oh my perfect. God. But yeah, like one other thing I wanted to say about the um Shawshank redemption thing is um What's the poster on the wall, right? Like, who's the poster on the wall? Well, Raquel. Raquel, Raquel in a whipped cream bikini. Oh my god! <laughs> on oh the beach, on like at like the Coachella campgrounds. That's that's like the no. heaven. That's the place. It's just too much. I was just saying, and when I heard in her podcast, she had no idea what Varsity Blues was. She had to look it up. Raquel. That makes Sweet sense. Sweet baby yeah. bird. I'm not surprised yeah, by that. It. Yeah, of course not. Love it. No, of course she doesn't know this incredible film. Um, I was going to ask you guys, <sighs> what did you think of everyone's pool party look? Oh, um, well, I actually really liked Katie's uh, when she got into her little bathing suit and that little cover up was super cute. Like I would buy that cover up. In the bathing suit, yes. When she was like in the – like, but when she walked up, she did the classic Katie In the jean thing. top. Well, it's like a lot of pieces that individually are not so bad, but the way she puts yes. outfits together, it's like, what's happening? Like, what are you What are you going for? What do you do? It's very like confusing and disjointed. Yeah. I gave her a point actually for the jeans top when it was just like her waist up. And then when she walked in the party, I removed the point. But then I gave her a point again for the cute bikini. But yes, so I said, like, you know, it's all individually like cute stuff. Like that little yes. denim halter, I would totally wear that with something. Well, and else. I wonder if, if that's also like a symptom of the influencer status that they have. They might get sent stuff. So like she may be getting sent these pieces and then she's like, oh, I'm going to put them all together. And I also think that she has like strong nostalgia for the late 90s, early 2000s. Yes. So she's trying to relive that era a little bit. Which, um, you know, with I'm her- a fan of, of the, you know, the Same. late 90s sort of vibe, you know, for sure. Um, but I know I saw too that she is trying because she was wearing the, like the fashion girl shoe right now, the mm-hmm. um, gazelle or the samba or whatever it's called. Um, so she's she is like trying i doubt they sent yes. her hair so she is like choosing items and i love her trendy. hair i'm gonna say that i'm very her. into her natalie imbruglia 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 um torn short 
I'm attracted to it. Too. Oh. Like maybe your I mic is I forgot in. that we were talking into microphones. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Great. Um, I just far we away because you left your mic far away. Um, did you guys see the thing about Kylie Jenner getting that haircut and then Katie responded with like a lot of attitude where she was basically acting like Kylie Jenner was copying her haircut and she's like yeah no it might be an accident that we both are like the two people in the world that have this haircut and I was like excuse me first of all I've had a similar haircut for years second of all like pay some respect to Winona Ryder like who like where like hello yeah what are you talking about anyway I mean Meg Ryan we have going back really fast to when I said that I was waiting for Vanderpump to get off of the air. I was like, we don't need the show anymore. One of my main reasons, and I just thought of it, is I personally, it was hard for me to see them making all of this money and flaunting it around in these like huge heads that they were getting. And like, you know, when they all moved to the valley, I was like, oh, Lord Jesus, I can't do this. But now I'm going to watch the show, The Valley, and oh, I'm yes. back in. We're here. I, can't I just wait. needed a minute. Don't you guys think that Jax would love this game? I feel like he would like this game if he could do a fantasy draft at Jack Studio City. It's a lot of work, but I'm just saying, I feel like he would love it. But if he didn't have to do any of the work, no, no, which no. he yeah, wouldn't. Like just so I like, think he absolutely would love it. Right? Jax is the one. Oh, I was just going to say Jax is the person that I would have sex with. <gasps> that I would have when I first watched the show. Like that was my, like when the show first started, he would have been the guy that I would have, you know, done sexual things wow. with. I have heard that in person he is or used to be like very flirty, charming. I feel like I probably would have fallen for it too, but not my normal type Absolutely. at all. I was more of a Schwartz. Like I like a quirky guy in a Hawaiian shirt. 20s Michelle would have liked all of them. So <laughs> <laughs> would have been screwed up by one of them at some point. So Absolutely. I could see you with Sandoval. Absolutely. Like pre like before Sandoval got a hold of the bad acid that's made his eyes go black as night. I feel like he was likable oh at the beginning. And I feel like I could see you too. Like I could see something happening between you two. I don't two. know. Sometimes with with it'd be like one of those nights where you're like out drinking and stuff. He's like one of those guys that I would argue with a lot. It would be very difficult for me to date uh, to even want to hook up with a guy like that because I would argue with him too much. That's fair. But Jacks. Schwartz, like all those guys, for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I really wanted to address the conversation between Schwartz and Lala at the pool, be mm. mainly because, you know, Schwartz kind of called her beautiful and then would say like platonically, and I fell in love with you, you know, platonically. And it reminded me that Lala was into Schwartz when she first came on the show. And I was thinking like there is an alternate universe in which Lala is still drinking and I think they would have hooked up immediately following Katie and his separation. And I just am sad that I don't think we're going to get it with a sober Lala, but I do think that there's a world no. in which drunk Lala and Schwartz would have would have had something going. Maybe season 12. <laughs> I mean, absolutely. I, my God. We've well, discussed this and I don't like my house. This is, sounds horrible, but I don't like my housewives or Vanderpumpians or any of these people sober or pregnant. Those are the two things where I'm like, I don't need it. Yeah. But Lala, I don't mind. And James Kennedy, I don't mind because we've discussed that allegedly they are also doing uh, marijuana and possibly cocaine, allegedly. Not Lala, but, but yes. 
James. Not Lala. Lala is a sober queen who just drinks her Perrier, but I don't mind her sober. I there there's something, you know, I do miss a little bit of the messiness, but I think it was almost too messy. And she's still pretty intense sober. Absolutely. Yeah. She doesn't really Which need it. I'm here going. for. No, she doesn't. She doesn't need it to continue. But if I don't normally like my reality star sober, that sounds horrible. No, and I'm all here for people being sober, it's but that's fine. So I feel. Thank you. What do we think about sober Sheena? As someone who also takes Zoloft and who has a baby, brag. Um, I related with her a lot with the intrusive thoughts, and um, like I didn't drive with my child for eight months because I would picture the crash, and then in the crash, my daughter would pass, and then I would have to like find a way to murder myself. Like it, it was. A lot. So I had to get Zoloft. So I understand her being in this phase of life Mm. where drinking doesn't really work because you have a baby to take care of. But I think if she gets this nanny thing under control and she has people that she can trust, a few cocktails will happen still. I don't think we're going to get – I don't even think we ever really got like a wasted Sheena. Um, That's true. But I do think that she will – continue to give us incredible TV and incredible. I had actually a nomination for best line um, because it spoke to me and it's Sheena meeting with um, Lisa Vanderpump. And she says while crying, well, he said there was a lake house in a boat. So I said, I'm in. Mm. And I really got the giggles. I was like, that's That's how I feel about top of my list as well. That's such a funny line. It's so perfect. Like such a well crying. Yeah. Yes. But so you know what? I feel the same way. She even had a little smile. <laughs> yes. A little cheeky smile where she was like, I would like to go on a boat, <laughs> even though we're talking about something really sad. Yeah. But she's got also this like sort of, I don't know what the right word for it is, like maybe not delusion, but like just this um, <laughs> confidence that she has about herself. The right word. She will... Yeah, she will do things like, you know, be a pop star. I mean, more like Fergie or Gwen Stefani, you know, like she will just say things and do things like that. Like you've said, like before, Christina will be like, oh, you're doing like, oh, we're doing this now. We're going to do this now. Like Sheena's sort of like ready for she's she wants to play. She's here to like play the game. You know, she's a star and she has a lot of energy, like a lot of energy. Yeah. So much energy. And the fact that like when she doubles down on something she, like um the ex hanging the tv in seven minutes like when you know that tom sandoval was her best friend for a very long and these things and you're like wait what was he like is this true but i really think she believes the things that she says and it's very sweet our little she shoe yeah, she feels you know she feels, she feels deeply yeah. <laughs> She's one that can't see past her own experiences because when anyone talks about Scandaval, she's like, it happened to me first. <laughs> I do get – like not to be a, a Schwartz about it, but I do kind of get what she's trying to say when she says like this affected me because I feel like it probably does. I think she's having the hardest time. She wants to forgive Scandaval so bad. So bad. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Because it would just make everybody's life easier if there wasn't this – 
where she didn't have to go back and forth between people or, you know, and that's where Ariana's like scorched earth is difficult. Katie is a ride or die. She'll never speak to Sandoval again. That's nope. just how it is. But she's always hated Tom Sandoval. So this is nothing to her to be like, yeah, of course I'll keep hating great. Tom Sandoval. Yeah, this is awesome. She's like, I have permission to hate him now. Exactly. Did you notice at the pool party, Ariana spoke to Schwartz when he was climbing on the roof? She goes, Schwartz, get up there. And I was like, are you have you had a couple white claws? Like yeah, why are we did. are yeah, she yeah. did. So I think that the white claws were speaking. Imagine if there. Katie had said that to Sandoval in that same situation. She would like not be happy. Oh my god. It, you know. No. But I guess that wouldn't happen. Yeah. And also it's not yeah. the same situation. I mean, that's the thing, is like no. Yeah. Nobody has done and that's what Sandoval doesn't get. Like like no matter what has happened on the show, bad behavior wise, like no one's done it quite like this, <laughs> you know, no. it's, there isn't a comparable situation. Well, Andy from Shawshank, you know, it's the same as that. <laughs> he does love these metaphors. And like, I'm someone who also <laughs> loves a metaphor and an analogy. And he, he is making me question my love of metaphor to a degree that is like, <laughs> it's fucking with me. Cause I'm like, well, shaking I kinda, you to your core. Yeah. Cause I kind of do that. Like I like to kind of think of a situation now I'm not comparing myself to like, Oh, Jason, like George Floyd. I mean, these are insane things. That and was the worst thing. His are insane. They're all insane. Someone made a super cut of him comparing his situation, like all the analogies and metaphors he's come up with. Oh, and it's no. there. I, I should have see sent it, it. but it's made me really Please look at myself. That. Like, is that what I sound like when I try to no. compare things? No. Yeah. I no. don't know. He's comparing himself to like a classically very innocent man in Shawshank Redemption who is like Christ-like, you know, like that's who he's, he literally sees himself as someone who has done nothing wrong. And he also says at that point too, like something like, um, you know, it's always your friends, the, the people closest to you that hurt you the most. It's like, yes, that's what you did. Like That's what, that's you, what you did, did sir. But he, in his head, like, I, I think because he's a classic narcissist, really believes this. He said that 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 Shishu and Lala t taught the country how to treat him. He taught the country how to treat him by doing what he did. I'm sorry. I'm like I said, love Bravo. I didn't listen to all those podcasts because I didn't have time, so they didn't tell me how to treat him. Right. I was coming up with my own ways to feel about him. But he assumes that everyone was just like in those podcasts, which a lot of people were, but not everybody. So yeah, it's based on how he's yeah. acted in the aftermath. And this goes in well to him kind of talking about and we'll get into the ice bath, but um, or the, the cold plunge. Um, oh, Lord but Jesus. the way that he talks about like, why he isn't drinking and how he's saving mm. saving it for Raquel because Raquel's in treatment. And it's like, oh, man, like you couldn't even think to pretend like, you know, well, I was drinking a lot. Like he could have blamed this more on booze and been like, you know, I was I was drinking. I was doing substances like I've now stopped that. I've realized that my decision making was clouded because of that. And so I'm going to not drink so that I can make better decisions moving forward because I'm really trying to work on myself. Even if that was not true, that's the right thing to say. Like you're already not drinking. So at least pretend like the reason is because you're trying to be better. But no, he's just like doing it because Raquel is in treatment and can't drink with him. Like what? Well, it's also <sighs> very creepy for him to say like, well, I'm, I'm saving it so we can have that first drink together. Like what? The f what was that? Like, 
It's creepy. It just makes me flash back to when she came over to his apartment and he handed her like a course light and he's like, well, I love it. And she goes, I love you too. And he was like, well, I said, I love something else. I love so course light. Like, oh my no, God, it was like, oh my, my family God. loves me or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My family loves me. She's like, I love you too. It's so sad. It was so what dark. A rough was, moment, man. Oh, that was so funny. But it, it's exactly what it is. And you're right. He, his PR is doing not good things for him. And if he was going to lie about it anyway, he should have, you know, gone this way instead of like doubling down on, on being in love with Raquel. Cause that's kind of what he did with Ariana too. He would say like, well, I'm just in love with her. It's the same thing and it's going to repeat itself. Yeah. I'm sure PR over. people too, like probably tell them things like, um, you know, the, the metrics on this are comparable to OJ Simpson or to George Floyd. Like, mm. even though like this isn't on a worldwide basis, like those things were like, he's just probably having a lot of views and clicks in like, however they decide metrics on social media, right, which then, are usually advertising yeah. metrics. So I don't know. Like, but compare it to Tiger King, compare it to a bump it. You know, exactly. Yeah. Royal wedding. Let's not compare it to a tragedy or two tragedies, like a murder. Like two murders. That shows you his headspace, is my point, is that he looks at this like he as like it's just as big to him in his head. And even Ariana to an extent too, because when her and Katie were talking about the cab driver moment, where like Ariana like brings it up and Katie has nothing to say. She's just like, "Mm -hmm, okay. Um, But Ariana was just like, do you know how big this is? Like, do you like, she is, and he's just like a Lyft driver. He's like, I don't watch reality TV. I have no idea. I'm not on TikTok. Like, but in their brains, it's as big as all these major things that it's not comparable to. Yeah. Well, she yeah. did a similar thing that Sandoval is doing, which is the complete lack of awareness. Like you say something about someone else and that's exactly what you're doing. Like she was talking about Tom Schwartz and she's like, oh, that's interesting. Someone who hasn't talked to me in months has opinions about how I live my life and what I should be doing. And it's like, that's literally exactly what you're doing to Tom Schwartz. Like you're telling him, don't be friends with this person. You're a bad person. You know what I mean? It's like, there's no, there is, I do feel like she she is it's she's giving the I'm prettier than you, I'm smarter than you energy that she sometimes <laughs> drops when she's like, I'm born cool. Like she does this, she's always done this. And it didn't help her either that she had pulled out a mirror and like the Candace thing where she was like getting into that eye and like doing her makeup. I was like, no, because oh. I I I I'm rooting for her, of course, but there there has to be a self-awareness. She's and making it, it just... hard to root for her when she does yes. that stuff. And the other part of that moment, too, with the with the mirror, with the price tag on the back, like yeah. she's doing it. And she says about Schwartz, like, so some guy that I haven't seen for months, like as if as if he's just anybody and she wasn't in his wedding. Yeah. He's not just a regular person like a random friend on the show she was in the wedding they were best pals forever and right. it's it's a real it's bummer. A bummer i also thought it was very sweet that james had the something about her floaty in there and he did it in the handwriting i don't know if he did it or ali did it but it was just there is something lovable to james yes i agree um, did he get point yeah. did, did they get did the girls get something about her merch points for that little stand they did, yeah, like promotion points of their own business. And then uh, I gave James a point too for like doing that for them, like a gift. 
Like that was just very sweet. Yeah. I love adulting Valley enthusiast, James Kennedy so much. He's so funny when like he is, he like can't contain himself. He's like a little kid and he gets out into the backyard and he's like jumping up and down and he jumps off of this roof. And like, he's just (sighs) so mind-blowingly excited to like be an adult (laughs) and like buy 12 towels and have this yard. (sighs) Like, one of my favorite moments of the show, which is also an unhinged um, nominee, is when he just chugs the weed drink. Yes, baby. <laughs> while doll. there's a fire blazing behind him, and everyone's like, "James, James!" And Ariana's going, like, "James, fire!" Yeah, he thinks they're just cheering him on. Matt brought up. He said, "How much do you want to bet that one of the selling points for this home was that they said you can climb onto the roof and jump into the pool?" Yes, <laughs> totally. He is like a little child that's grown up. And it does I, – I have to say, like, as a person who is in their, you know, late 30s and does not own a home, um, to see somebody like James Kennedy get to buy um, a house in Los Angeles from – I mean, huge. I guess he's a DJ. That's good. But, like, his money is coming from this show. And it really makes me rethink all of my life choices. You know, like, I was – I all just right. did, did all the wrong things. Should have been on reality TV. I don't think Damn. I would have been good at it. I don't like to argue. I don't either. I get scared. I fawn and I go, oh, I'm sorry. Help I me. like to like ban- – yeah, like we were saying. Like I like to get into debates and I like to like call people out sometimes. But I don't – Yes. I think it would just – I'm too sensitive. This It was interesting when, when you guys – when Michelle brought up this idea and you guys created this game, a part of me was a little scared because I um, – Matt's family is very into sports mm-hmm. and they like to talk shit. Mm-hmm. And recently, the Huskies were playing like the University of Michigan and I'm the only Husky <laughs> – in the chat and they started talking shit to me and I said, I politely have to leave this thread because I do not feel safe here. I've never, I was like, I love you, but I don't. And his sister will just like go at you. And I'm like, I can't do this. I don't like it. But this is a different kind of game. This is bringing like sports to me. And I kind of understand it a little bit now and game to me because it's people I actually want to cheer on. The points are silly. It's irreverent, fun, um, and just easy to do. And I, there wasn't a lot of like learning for me, which is always just stressful too. When someone wants me to play a game, I'm like, Oh my God, how long is this? Like learning to play this. But that's what I loved about this. Cause I've never felt like I had to argue with anybody in a bad way. And it kind of feels like we're all in it together, but we're still competing. Yes, absolutely. Oh, I'm so happy you feel that way. That's like wonderful yes. feedback. Um, just like don't go head to head with Ashley and Brittany. Well, I was just gonna say, if, if Ashley was actually watching this show, she would be the one to create that dynamic within the group. But because mm. she's not and has no interest or desire or plans, in my opinion, to watch this show. Um, I think, I don't even think that she listened to the podcast either, even though we told her that we talked about her. I think that if she actually cared about this, the way that she cared about Game of Thrones and the games that they were playing, I mean, they would get dirty with each other on on those games. There was a lot of lobbying for points. Nick was constantly getting voice notes and messages from Ashley being challenging (laughs) point systems. And, you know, Michelle has gotten off really easy that no one, to to the point where I wish people would come on the podcast. Oh, I fully trust. I want people to argue for points. And no one's doing it. No one's I just it. fully trust. I'm like, yeah. she's got it. She's smart. Here she goes. And then when I'm in the bottom, I'm like, 
That's great for me. I just hope all teams have fun. Yeah. <laughs> and leave the chat. It's too much. It's too much for my, my, my poor heart. Yeah. Um, I have a dowdy unhinged award moment that I would okay. like to bring up. Can I bring that yes, up? Is yes. this, we're, a we're, this is a free-for-all episode, and I'm actually really enjoying the loose format of this episode. Lucy Same. Goosey. Well, because if you go through the whole thing, it's going to take like hours and hours, it which has. I love, but also it's just... <laughs> this is better. Um, my unhinged uh, like nomination is for Tori playing Ozempic with the two-year-old, Summer Moon. <laughs> okay. <laughs> when Tori says, do you want to have a little Ozempic? And and Brock saying like uh, maybe that's not something we do, but that was unhinged, and I probably have played Ozempic with Goldie as well. So it's like I, I was actually going to ask you as as a parent because I thought it was weird mm. that he thought it was like he kind of shaded her for bringing up Ozempic around a three year old or whatever. And is that an issue? Absolutely not. But I I think it's because. Sheena took such offense to it that everyone oh. thought that she was on Ozempic and not scanned. But she was like, I lost all this weight because of Scandaval. Um, <laughs> and I just think Hollywood's everyone's like, afford it. I would right. ship it to my house immediately. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but I just think it's funny to play like, it would be like me being like, all right, Goldie, we're going to play Botox now, frown. And then, you know, and then she'd frown. Oh. And then I'd put the little injections in. <laughs> Which, which I'm going to play with her immediately because she doesn't know what I'm talking about. Well, that's the She's thing. She's a child. She doesn't know. I thought it was weird that Brock thought it was weird that she just mentioned Ozempic. I mean, she wasn't like doing like, okay, now get on the scale. Okay, let's – how much weight have you lost? Like she wasn't doing the whole thing. All right. Time to lose some weight. Okay. Let's do your measurements. Ooh, getting a little chunky. <laughs> Like the, those are the games that our mothers played with us in the eighties and nineties, and we don't need. I we, mean, they don't play those games anymore. No, we don't do the Weight Watchers game anymore. <laughs> um, what do we feel about Brock in general, and then how he speaks to Sheena? I'll go first. Please, please. Matt and I were discussing it, and I have no leg to stand on here, but this is my opinion. Um, I feel it's because he's from Australia. Is that horrible to say? No, I, I watched I cut I cut the I watched whole RuPaul's drag race down under and the and the the like comedy is different. It's a little meaner. Yeah. It's a little meaner. And I feel like and talking shit to like your spouse's mom and maybe I'm generalizing about Australians, but that's just from like RuPaul on and his husband like it's just and Courtney Act uh, Courtney on Drag Act, Race. Yeah. She she's meaner to people, but she comes at it later with like heart. She'll be like, "Well, what do you do well?" And the other queens are like, "That's rude." And she's like, "No, I mean it." Like, you know, and and the Housewives so of Sydney of, too. Like, they yes, wild, <laughs> like, wildly mean wild. to each other. I actually cut out a whole portion of me generalizing Australians when Matt was on. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had to cut it out. I have, a, I have an Australian stepdad and I have like a very good friend who I used to live with who's Australian. She took me to Australia when I was 18. I had quite a – like for several months, I had quite a cultural experience there and I actually found them to be really passive aggressive, really butthurt about the tiniest things like 
something that they consider to be rude is if we're the three of us are talking and I say to Michelle, oh, she about Sarah. If I'm like, oh, she said this, that's considered rude. They'll say, oh, who's she? The cat's mother. Like they just have really weird things that they find to be very rude. So I actually don't blame Australia for his (laughs) (laughs) as a continent for his aggressive behavior. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. All the Australians that I know are not like that. So I don't know what to attribute okay. it to. But I've got my eye on Brock. Yeah. It's I he's I love that he's sweet with Ocean. I love that uh, how he is with his daughter. I think it's very sweet. Well, um but the way he speaks to Shishu sometimes and I'm sure she's hard to be married to. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like some of the things it's it's it She's a difficult one, but I I do think that they work well together. But I do have my eye on him I, because Brock I do not did want get, him. Um, Brock got points for shading summer men. That's what I was. Gonna <laughs> ask. Oh yeah, crocodile tears. I think he's hard yeah, on her. He shaded her. Yeah, shaded her. Good. She lost points. He was. That's actually one of my nominations for. Um, Oh, what did Unhinged? I did I have a, a nomination? Oh, just for taking the most shit. I wanted to say it was because no one really took shit this episode. Summer so moon. I feel like Summer, Summer Moon. moon. <laughs> She's Summer Moon. I know. Actually, I thought I felt the same way. I was like, who took shit? Actually, in my notes, I just have Sandoval question mark. No. Like that's I it. don't think he really took any he deserves I, it. Yeah, but he didn't take anything. Yeah, I guess not. I have, he just had yeah, to get with- a lot of people defending well, him. Well, should we talk about Billy Lee and um oh, please, the please. cold plunge at Into oh, Me Sea? My God. <laughs> Into me see. It was like Into me see. It was like a, like I feel like that's a parody of what everyone thinks LA is like is like that yes. place. <laughs> that woman was in her improv level 5 class doing the voice like she was like, "Hi. Have you guys cold plunged before?" Yes. You better believe I'm going to go there soon. I'm going to go there in the next <laughs> yeah, few weeks. We go? I'm going to get my body in a cold bunch. Yeah. Like I'm dipping in. Like yes. report, please. Boots on the ground. <laughs> Um, I love how she said it too, like it worked, like intimacy, like it, like the way that it spelled was the same. Like she said it with such confidence mm. where I was like, wow. It's really into me, S-E-A. Yes. Into me, see. Yes. And she's like, welcome to intimacy. I'm like, no. <laughs> it's into me, see. Into me, see. And I just, Billy Lee, it's, mm. it's almost like Tom almost doesn't speak to Billy Lee like he didn't speak to Spooky Joe. Like he doesn't, they don't have conversations. They just kind of Tom speaks at Billy. And I think Billy is the only one that will film with Tom. Yes. So it's this, it's just uncomfortable. It doesn't feel like they are friends at all. And I think Billy Lee just wants to be on TV. 100%. And When he was cold plunging and he was being so dramatic and like to watch a grown man do all that, especially after he just got back from special forces and he's like in there and and he's like, it's a nine. It's so intense. And she's kind of laughing. But the fact that she did not stick her hand, like I would have, it would have been so hard for me to not want to test. Like, what are you feeling? Like, I'm going to stick my hand in this water right now. And she didn't even, she didn't even touch it. What is that? I um she did it and it was so weird. She was like watching him. It was almost like a horror movie moment. Like it was like she was nearly orgasmic or something watching him. It felt very 
like voyeuristically creepy for some reason to me. That's how it read for me. At least I just sent you guys two screenshots that I took while I was watching it. I almost sent it to our group text, but I didn't know if anybody had watched it yet. (laughs) But like, look at her face there. She's really doing the work of background acting in this scene. You're right. Um, Oh, yeah. She has no business being there. And, you know, this whole she is just kind of thinks he's hot I think like I think she just wants to have sex definitely with him. I would argue that she does have a point wow. in the scene in just that somebody needs to be there looking on with a big smile on their face she does have great filler in her like whatever's happening she does like, whoever she's going yeah, her face to faces looks beautiful yeah I think Billy Lee despite like having Sandoval's back um does look very beautiful <laughs> yeah and she's like voluptuous. I mean, she's very femme. Like so yeah. voluptuous. Yeah, she is very femme. Gorgeous. And I liked her her braided hair too. Yeah, she, she looked great. Hair. This best she's ever looked, for sure. Yes. She the way she was acting is like, I don't know if you've ever gone to like any of those woo-woo sound bath things in Los Angeles and like your instructor will like get up close to you and like try or like Reiki or any kind of thing. I felt she was giving like Reiki energy. Like she was trying to like get on his level and like open her eyes and like be there for him. And I know that she is like a crystal lover and all of those things. So I felt like as am I, I would have fallen right into it. I'd have been like, I didn't get that from her. I, (laughs) I got, I'm here to be on TV and kiss your ass energy from her. I mean, that's always what I get too. But I felt like she was attempting to be like, look at how I'm going to act as as supportive as possible. It did not read authentic to me, but she was like, I'm going to get on your level. What are you feeling? Like, let's talk about it. But I didn't feel like Tom was giving her any energy back at all. And I love too how her, like one of her first questions to him out out of the the plunge was like, so are you going to start dating again? Yeah. (laughs) Which do you think that he told her to say that to tee him up to then say, no, I'm saving myself for Raquel? Or do you think that she, by her own, asked that, which is crazy because just on the last episode, she's like, I know you're like so dedicated to Raquel. Every time we're at comedy shows, you're like running out the door to talk to her. Like, so which is it? Like, why would you ask if he's dating if the last you guys, you know what I mean? Like, what's what's the motive of asking that? I think that she would sit and have a quick Zoom meeting with Tom and his publicist and they'd be like, hey, these are the things you're going to talk about. I think that absolutely that could be something that she would – I don't think he's just like calling her to go. I think there's definitely like, hey, I want to talk about Raquel. Hey, Because like even James later in the end of the episode is like, I thought we were coming here to talk about Tom. So they know – they talk to producers. They know probably what they're going to be doing maybe. Like yeah, what like the conversation – Yeah. Yeah. What the conversation needs to be. So I'm sure that, you know, Billy is like – Okay, wounded bird, let's talk about this. Well, they absolutely but. do. You know, the producers are very, you know, definitely. I did one episode of a reality show, this dumb cosplay thing. And have we talked about that? Produce, we haven't. But <laughs> the, I love it so, so much. I was in one episode, and the, and the producers are, you do get like call sheets, and it will say like things that you're going to be talking about yes. before you go on the camera. They will say like, okay, this is the scene where like, the three of you are getting ready together and like they're, they're, they're they like prompt you for sure. Like um, probably the funniest part of it. I will just leave you with this is I dressed up as Catwoman <laughs> from the 1950s and uh, my corset, I went for the corset fitting and they pulled me like really tight in it. And, and the producer said before I, before I had the corset done, he's like, so, you know, 
it is really tight. If you are feeling faint at all, you know, just go with it. Just, just go with it and pass out. I yes. <laughs> I was like, this that would make it makes great TV because uh, I came on as like the girl who didn't know anything about cosplay or whatever. So. He's like, go with it. Faint on national television. And I was like, no, thank you. I have put no, on a corset thank before. You. Um, so that's I think that. that happened on The Bachelor, <laughs> the Bachelor once. Uh, one of the girls just, just fully passed out standing there at the rose ceremony. Oh my God. I think I remember that too. And she fell forward and she everyone just was like, oh my God. Just on the floor. <laughs> On the hard ground. What? Oh, you had like God. her knees locked. You can't lock your knees when you're standing for a long time. Oh, at like Jesus. three in the morning after you've had like six glasses of wine. Yeah. <laughs> this goes well into – I wanted to ask you if you've had any brushes with reality television. Have you ever been on reality television auditioned oh. for anything? I – so I've never been on reality television. I've auditioned a few times – well, few meaning twice um, – to be on The Bachelor as someone – um, tricking the girls. So one of the ones I was on the call where I was going to have to pretend to be a hairstylist, have an earpiece in and like talk smack about, you know, as like the bachelor like would punked. be like saying stuff into my ear. Yeah, like punked, but for the- Yeah, kind of like punked. Great. Kind of like punked. Um, and then they called me back like that same week to do something else and neither of the segments went forward, but I was like on hold waiting to like be driven up to the mansion to like pretend. Um, and at one point she said, would you ever want to be a contestant? <gasps> and I've never felt more beautiful uh, in my life. Oh. And I was like, one, I'm like 35. Two, thank you. No, thank you. I have a long-term partner, uh, but three, that was the greatest oh, compliment He of would my understand. Life. Matt would understand, I think. He would. He would be like, this is totally. Uh, Matt actually went on a date with Catherine from The Bachelor right before he and I started dating. And she, I don't, I'm not a big Bachelor watcher. I'm not a big like game show reality. I like my reality people 50, 60 plus and, you know, throwing wine in each other's faces. But I've stepped into The Bachelor a little bit. And he went on a date with her and she would, she didn't eat meat at the time, but she would like to smell your meat food. So like Matt <laughs> ordered food and she'd be like, can I smell it? Which I was like, I like her. That's yeah, funny. That's amazing. Um, but we drive by the restaurant after we started dating, we drive by the restaurant that they'd go to. And I'm always like, well, you never take me there where you took Catherine. And <laughs> she had ordered, you know, like I will never let him live it down ever. Um, I have run into, oh, I have one tip. And I did this when we went to pump when I first, when we first had our like gathering, my tip for meeting a Bravo liberty is act like you've met them before. I I watched it in action. they will treat you. You did it when- Yes. um, So it was Max. Max Todd. Lisa's son. Max Todd. I just said, oh my gosh, it's so good to see you. How are you? And he was like, grabs your hand and acts like they know yes. you and that he should know who you are, a lot of the time they'll send wine to your table. Wow. They will do something for you because that's just my tip with Bravo Leverties. And then recently I met or I've met again Lisa Vanderpump and Ken Todd at Scissor Hands the Musical. And I have a video of Ken checking me out. And I might make what? it my Christmas card. I have a video, like, because I, you know, I love Bravo. So I walked up with my camera and I went to say something to Lisa because we have met before about a dog thing. And I had my camera on and Ken kind of gives me the up and down. And I was like, yes, felt still right. Got it. it felt right. And he's very flirty and very handsome. So 
Yeah. You're very respectful. Um, made you feel good. It made me feel great and I was attracted to him. And Lisa, she's gorgeous. Yeah. Tiny wrists like a baby bird. And Lisa remembered you too, which I think you're you're being humble. But the fact that Lisa did remember you is kind of amazing. Huge. And remembered my dog's wow. name. And this was nine, eight, nine years ago. We There was a traumatic experience of a dog passing. And I just went up to her and said like, hey, do you remember this? I want to thank you for all of your help. And she said, yes, she said, Ruben. And then we talked about the Yulin dog meat um, work that she's done. And she was like, we would love to have your support. Like she was just very kind. And when you start talking and she was at the event was sitting next to a dog the entire time, which was hysterical. There was someone else's dog that just like ended up sitting next to Lisa. So she was watching Scissorhands the musical while petting this golden retriever. And I mean, my, it was, uh, yeah, it was. It was Selma Blair's retrieve, oh, golden okay, retriever. Okay. She was sitting next to Selma Blair. And it, it was just all so very sweet and exactly like all animals find Lisa. So. Love that. Yeah. It was wild. But yeah, she's a kind human. I was just going to say she for this episode, I kind of, I put her up for an unhinged award for um, just casually um, putting together re- like a flower bouquet while she was talking about Tom Sandoval and suicide. <laughs> Just yeah, they, putting together roses. With so like, many flowers there. I was like, is Lisa moonlighting as a florist? Like, what is happening? Why are there so many flower ar- arrangements? Do you think those are all just for Villa Rosa? Well, she does all of the arrangements for all the yeah, restaurants. Yeah, but like at the restaurant. the entire time. Right? It's like her passion. But she'll probably do them at home and have them like delivered over. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I don't know though, because I kind of wonder like, did those, were those delivered or are these like growing at your house? Like I just, I'm oh, not sure. Oh, they might be growing at her house. Yeah. I don't know. I have a goal of get, getting into Villa Rosa somehow. Yeah. Like I I feel myself sitting on those couches. I feel having a glass of wine somehow. It will happen. The secret, putting into the atmosphere. I need to get yeah, into that home. It. You'll it's, also it's, give you points for that if that happens. Even if the game isn't even going anymore, I'll just add points to your total you. life score. Thank I you. feel like the, the way to do it is we need to sign up with like every catering company in Los Angeles and like every bartending, <laughs> you know what I mean? And then we got to kind of get staffed at a party at the house and then just go rogue inside of the house while trying to pretend like we're working a party. 100%. That's not a movie. I don't know what it is. Did I tell you guys both that the bartending company that I started was mentioned on Mm -hmm. Vanderpump Rules? I started a company called 200 Proof and it was like all our friends could bartend and stuff. And the the girl that I ran it with is apparently good friends with Chris and Dodie. I sold it to her years ago. It was just like not my thing. But, uh, on the show, Jax brings it up and he's like, oh yeah, I was working up for 200 proof or so like Brittany's working for 200 proof. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> like, I you were so company. close. Yeah. So to being their boss. Can you imagine if I got hired Ugh. to work at Lisa's house? I, I did get Multiverse, hired to work baby. At, um, at the Osbournes. They, they hired us for like one of our very first events. Um, and Elton John played in the backyard for 200 people. Uh, Michelle, I was at, I was, I was at that party. <laughs> Shut we the- discussed this yeah. wait, wait. at the, oh, at that's our right. dinner. That's right. We did. That's right. That's right. I forgot. <laughs> she was at the Dude, party. At that's that insane. party. That is insane. Because no one was there. 
What do you mean? There were, I mean, there it was people like, there. yeah, but I'm just saying like for Elton John to show I see, up, I there's see. 200 people to have a concert for, I mean, I'm a big Elton John fan. So that for me was like, are you they used to do that yeah. a lot. Like they had a crazy New Year's Eve party at the Beverly Hills Hotel where they also, Sharon and Ozzy like renewed their vows. It was New Year's Eve. Honestly, like probably the best New Year's Eve party I've ever been to. And he had like Justin Timberlake, who was like big at the time, um, and a bunch of other like Lionel Richie, I think, maybe Elton John again. Like it was kind of crazy. And I was only 18 years old. So I don't know if I fully appreciated what was happening, to be honest. Like the Elton John party that you're talking about, I had forgotten about it until you mentioned it. And I was like, oh yeah, that was cool. Like I didn't, I didn't get it. I was there. Yeah, I didn't get it. And you almost filmed or you filmed for the Osbournes and they didn't like Yes, I air that, right? Do I tell this story? Yes. (laughs) Okay. Well, I was very good friends with Kelly Osbourne uh, in high school and we used to go out – we had fake IDs and we would go out drinking it on the rocks a lot, which is the club above the Roxy on Sunset. And we were like teenagers drinking. We would take chocolate cake shots. That was the thing. And we, and her nanny would come and pick us up (laughs) at two in the morning to drive us back to Kelly's house. (sighs) Um, And so one night, Uh, Her nanny picks us up and we go back to the house and we're hanging out in Kelly's room and I don't know what's going on, but she gets on top of me, like wrestling me down and then she's laughing and then her face like falls and I feel warmth all on my waist where she's straddling me and she laughs and she goes, I peed on you. And I was like, you peed on me? And she's like, I peed on you. And she starts laughing hysterically and I throw her off of me. I'm in a white dress. I'm covered in urine. And then a camera crew runs up the stairs and bursts into the room because they had cameras and microphones like all over the room in the bed and they have production like camping out downstairs at their house while they were shooting this show because this is like early reality TV. So I think they were coming from this real world idea of like, we got to be ready to catch anything. And so they storm in and I'm like covered in pee and she's laughing on the floor, (laughs) crying, laughing. I'm laughing. I'm also like, she peed on me. Like, what do I do? And I'm running around the house. I'm dripping. Like it was horrible. She had to give me other clothes. But Sharon the next day, because then we went to sleep and then Sharon the next day, she was like, all right, girls. Um, so <laughs> luckily I'm an EP on this show. This will not be going to air, you know. Oh, thank God. That was kind of it. And then uh, – Although I feel like we're deprived. Like that's uh, – I know. I want to see that footage. And also that's amazing. You're also probably underage. Yes, definitely underage. Yeah. 17. So that would have been – that would have been – a lot, but also I would have loved to see it. I don't know how that would have fed into any kind of storyline, to be honest. It was, it kind of went, no, no, it was just sort of a horrible thing that happened to me. And then, like, for years, my friends called me the fire hydrant, which didn't feel great. <laughs> so, doesn't feel great. Like, I don't remember that part. Of the I might story not have said that part. No, I don't either. Wow. I was going to say we were talking about Unhinged, uh, Laura Lee taking the most, or no, taking the most yes. shit award. Um, because we couldn't like think of a person, and I said Graham Cracker having to spend two months in foster care. Okay, I mean that's a lot of shit. Like he's got a that was my nomination, but I couldn't think of anyone. There wasn't that would go to the family category for sure. If it's if it's between Summer Moon and Graham, either way, the family is the family is going to get that point. 
Yeah, so I ba- we're basically that's pretty much it, and then we get yeah the Graham thing, and I I was curious to know, and I wanted to talk about really quick is do you think that that was a full surprise for James, and if so, do you find that to be like incredibly emotionally manipulative to surprise somebody like that with cameras without their knowledge or consent? I think it was a surprise. I don't think James knew about it because I don't think James is a good enough actor to cry like that. Um, I do find it manipulative in the sense of like he lives with Allie. Like an animal is a huge responsibility. Especially when you have two cats. Right? Yeah. Um, And there's no way that he could say no. Like Lisa's there. You have to say no. You have to take graham cracker. You have to – do it. So there's there was no no there. Yeah, they really put him on the um, spot with that. I also wonder though too, like with Lisa, like she probably she would just do would take the dog. There would be no question for her. So she probably isn't looking at it so much as like this is how we'll get him to say yes, as much as it's or even manipulative. She's thinking this is like an an Oprah moment or something like yes, you know this big like I got your dog back for you. Yeah, and like. I, I just think of Allie in the situation because I think Allie in her brain would be like, hey, let me talk to James first. But, you know, and, and you're saying with also the two cats, like I have a very reactive dog and it would be very difficult to bring another animal. I brought my baby home and we he acted like we let a loose squirrel <laughs> in the house. He was like, I'm going to kill the baby. And yeah. we were like, no. So, you know, I, I think it's good. And I, I think they're happy now. Um you know, maybe not manipulative, but I know Lisa knows what she's doing. She produced that. She's like, let's get this on film. And right. yeah, what do you think about him changing his name? At, the the oh, dog is the dog five name? years yeah. old. To change a dog's name at five yeah. years old seems a little odd. No. Do you have pets, Christina? Yes. And I change. I have a dog named Sean Penn, and it's a girl. And when I got her, um, I got very, very drunk with with Claire and Ashley, and she Claire goes, um, we're 25 years old and or I was 25 years old. And Claire goes, my brother's dog just had puppies. They're at this like house in the Hollywood Hills. And I was like, I want a puppy. And we drunk drove up to the Hollywood Hills. And I woke up in the morning with a tiny, tiny, like five week old puppy and a very bad hangover. And that's, you know, animals choose you, you know, um, and I, I renamed her about 17 times in the first month of her life to the point where Ashley said, whatever the dog's name is today, that's the dog's name and we're done changing it. And I get it, <laughs> but I wouldn't five years into owning a dog change its name. That seems odd to me. I think a couple things. Like my dog's name is Ruben, but I call him insane things. Like yeah. he has like 50 right. names. Um, and I also think it's kind of poetic because, you know, Raquel is now Rachel. It's like, well, we're changing who you are. We're going to take you away from this bitey little yeah. sweetie pie to hopefully a, a kinder dog. So um, I think it's the way of James to take his power back with this dog, possibly. Um, and it allows don't him know. and Allie to have a thing together. Right. Like that, yeah, so that they're it's not- doing this. As, and, and he named it for um, George Michael, his godfather. Um, his dog was named Hippie. So he's like oh, doing cute. an ode to George Michael. 
which is very cool. Yeah. So I'm okay with the with the name. Hippie change. was my nickname. I went canyoning in Switzerland once, which basically just means that you jump off what? cliffs like throughout the Swiss Alps. It was horrible. But um, anyway, they they don't <laughs> they don't like learn anyone's names, so they put helmets and wetsuits on you, and all the helmets have like a name on it. And mine said hippie, and so and I was having a really hard time. I didn't know what I was getting into when I signed up to do this, and I didn't realize that it was literally eight hours of just jumping off of cliffs. It, it was hor- it was truly horrible. But they kept yeah. yelling at me like, hippie, hippie, stop it. You're going to die, hippie. <laughs> like it was so – I have a traumatic link to – So it's a trigger hippie. for you when you hear hippie. But I get it. Yes. <laughs> but I'll let it slide. I'll let it slide. Um, I'll let this one slide. Well, do you guys want to know kind of where the points yes. stand before we give these yes, awards please. out? Yes, please. So let's like, do it. So let's just give like a little over overview, like as far as like cast rankings go. Um, before bonus points, this is like you know the very this is just for episode four. Um, DJ James Kennedy holds a very very small lead, like just a few points ahead of Schwartz and LVP, who are tied right behind him, just a couple points behind. Mm. Um, which is impressive because they both like lose a lot of points for being nice to Sandoval. So the fact that they're like second and third up in the ranks is pretty amazing. Um, and then like mid pack is going to be solid comebacks by Lala and the ghost of Raquel Levis. Raquel <laughs> got a ton of points because um, they showed, she gets full points for flashbacks and they showed her getting engaged and making out with, with DJ James Kennedy. So she just shot right up the charts. Um, and then at the end is going to be Katie and Sandoval who scored the least. Um, and then in like notable, uh, like point moments, like, uh, Spooky Joe, obviously on the board, she got points, uh, 10 points real quick because Schwartz not, uh, Schwartz said in his confessional that they had a romantic connection. Um, so they clearly had sex. So they had points for that um and then you know as we know billy lee is a point loser um which is tough for Lindsay, yeah. um because Lindsay, the pasta has her on her team but despite that Lindsay actually ended up in first place for the episode um because of lisa and ghost raquel and she almost overtook raquel al segreto raquel tony al segreto um Ashley's team um just by two points she's just two points behind her so Whoa. yeah they're they're definitely a big episode for Lindsay and I'm glad because she was a little worried that maybe she got screwed in the graph in the draft having like such a low advantage point but she's doing really really great um and then yeah you Sarah don't know last, you don't Sarah's know last, it's fine cosmopolitan in you last know, place I'm so sorry cosmopolitans are going to come back I promise yeah, you I know. They will. when we get some more drama with Spooky Joe. She has to come back. And she's going to. Uh, strongman. Strongman Dan. Um, Daniel. Also, once we start getting into something about her, like I think we're going to get more, a lot more of them prepping to open that business. And so I feel like Ariana yeah. is going to rack up some merchy points and some style points. And yes. she's certainly not going to get any negative re- apologize to Sandoval points. So I think she's going to carry you far. Yeah. She I don't is. mind coming from behind. I don't mind. It's going to happen. The secondary characters, the ones that are doing the the best this episode were Raquel, Allie, and then like the family friend categories. And then the rest of them are all kind of like very close together. 
Um, Got it. Pretty much everybody else, except for Tori. She didn't, you know, really get anything. And overall, too, pretty much all of the main cast is in the lead, except for Katie, who um, is a real mm. bummer for the least extras for Ben and Liz, because they, they weren't happy about Katie in the beginning. And but they did choose her over LVP. So they're they're Yeah, they're a little further behind. Lisa's in a lot more of this season than than I was expecting. Like she is making herself known. Same. She's opening businesses. She's closing businesses. She's giving advice. She's having people over. Like she is in it every episode. And I didn't know I didn't know what to expect. But of course she is because the show's more popular than ever. So it makes sense that she would want to be more involved than she was in previous seasons. Yeah. Yep. Uh, very. It, Definitely a surprise, but we'll see how it goes. Like the, if, as soon as they go to Tahoe, you know, Ariana and Katie aren't going to be there. So they're yeah. going to not have points for those episodes, but that's kind of the way this thing is balanced where like sometimes someone yeah. pops off, sometimes they don't. Lindsay's in first, Lindsay's in mm. last. Like that's how I made the game. Well, I do think that they <laughs> will it. follow it, Katie it. and Ariana doing something about her stuff while the gang is in Tahoe yeah. in the same way that we just, Good point. the whole episode this week, we're just flipping between Tom doing a fucking cold plunge and them all at a pool party and we just that was the entire episode was just flip-flopping between those two scenes so I feel like and we're gonna get Tahoe and we're gonna get the girls back home doing stuff maybe we'll get Katie's date with the call. 27s maybe that'll be Ooh. yeah something Ooh, I good want point that. good point so yeah like like simultaneously they'll be earning points so we have the Stasi award for best line. Um, and I think you said, I'd rather eat a denim jacket. I, my, a jean jacket. I have Love two noms. My two nominations are, I would rather eat a jean jacket by Katie and Allie saying, we're humans. We're going to feel bad. Um, I thought, I thought <laughs> it was definitely the meme, right? Yeah. And she said it exactly like that TikTok trend. Like we're actresses. Yeah, we're going to be, you know, whatever. So she said it with that same inflection. Oh, yeah. And I thought it was really funny. We're humans. We're going to feel bad. Um, so those are my two main <laughs> nominations. Did anyone else have what Good Sarah, point. you had a nom for that? My nomination was Shishu while crying saying, um, he said there was going to be a lake house in a boat. And I said, right. I'm in. <laughs> That's, yeah, that was good. That was um, really felt right to me. My other one would be when James does the chugging of the weed drink, Schwartz watches him and he goes, California sober. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Schwartz also said something about my semi sober curious journey. Like, he, but he, he added like so many words into it. Yeah, it was. I was like, sweet. All right. No, so, no, what's no. everyone's vote for that? Um, I think there are, I think there's so many good ones this time. I mean, I really do love the Sheena line quite a bit, but Katie also like, it was the moment where I heard it and just everything. I was like, what? What'd she just yeah. say? So, I say jean I say jacket. Jean jacket. Yeah, jean I jacket. say I'm going to eat my jean jacket. That's what I think. Yeah. Okay, good. Let's give, Katie can use those points. Okay. Because that's going to go into my vocabulary I'd rather well. eat jean jacket. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to say the other stuff. I'm absolutely going to talk about, I'm wanting to eat a jean jacket all the time. <laughs> I, I think we should start making merch for this podcast. And the first shirt that we have is I'd rather eat a jean jacket. Oh of course. my God. Yes. Sarah, put your, put your best. I will. It. I'll talk to Jeff. My best friend, Jeff owns a t-shirt company. He does. Capital Thrill. Shout out. Right? Capital Thrill. Yes. Shout out. He does. He's the best. Okay. So the Laura Lee award for taking the most shit. I think we discussed, it could be summer moon. It could be graham cracker. Either way, it sounds like we're giving it to friends. Or family, sorry. Family, family. family yeah. of cast. Yep, I agree. 
Sarah, are you in agreement? I absolutely agree. That's right. where it goes. Veil Award. I think the noms are Joe. Um, need I say more? And Tori, who is just kind of there. It's just there. I said Spooky Joe, but I don't remember who the other thought, person was. I had said yeah. uh, Billy Lee only when he's in the bathtub, right? right. Because Got she it. was doing a lot of like facial reactions. But I also thought Joe as well. Um, I, I felt like them ignoring her was perfect. Let's give it to Joe. Even though she was talking, they acted like she was a ghost and like yeah. she was not yeah. even in the room. Let's so. give it to Joe. And then the most, the Kristen Doty award for most unhinged behavior for me has got to be Joe cutting his hair just so chaotically on the living room floor. Not a care in the 100%. world. Fully agree. I nominated Tori playing Oz- Ozempic yep. with yep. a child, but um, but the haircut was truly the most wild thing I've ever seen. James chugging the weed drinks while a fire rages on behind him at his on his brand new barbecue and his Is- brand new home. It's also wonderful. (laughs) It was so amazing. I laughed so So hard at that scene. Um, Definitely unhinged. He would have been my top choice had that chaotic haircut not happened. Um, And then I also um, had unhinged where Sheena hired two babysitters for the as well. But I think that the haircut. Okay, great. Let's give it. So Spooky Joe is making out like a bandit. Aren't you glad you're on the show this week, Sarah? (laughs) I'm so glad. I was, you know, and I wasn't trying to vote for those things, but they just did it. The characters do it. I'm not pushing it. I know. Let me like look real quick. I think you you may have changed your fate a little bit. I'm just looking real quick. 20 points ain't nothing to fuck with. No, that's very exciting. Oh, yeah, 10. Sorry. Uh, No, you're still in last, but not as much in last. Yes. Amazing. Which place am I, Michelle? Story of my life. <laughs> you are in sixth, but but you and me, we are like just a couple points apart. Oh, I thought you were higher up than that. Nope. And it goes right now, it goes Rackle Tony El Segreto, The Pasta, See You Next Tournament, Mercury and Gatorade, Jax's Fourth Nose Job, Sexy Unique Team Name, The Least Extras, and Cosmo Politics. And that's for the whole time. Great. That's not just for this episode. Is that correct? That is the total. Yeah. So they're just, because Rackle Tony, they're just getting all the Sheena points. Is that what's happening? They had Sheena and they also last episode, they got all those points from the friends and also from Ken. I'm so mad at, at their team. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, same. I'm mad that I didn't choose that. But as far as the episode goes, though, they didn't do they. They kind of like were right. were on the bottom half of scoring. Right. They did so well mm. last week that it's going to carry them for a mm. bit. But um, they're riding. But Lindsay's on their tail, man. And so is um, get it. So is um, Bobak and Rylea. We'll see you next tournament. So we'll see what happens. It's anybody's game still, in my wow. opinion. It's so exciting. Um, one thing I forgot to mention last week um, that I was texting with Sarah about because we were talking about emo night and you brought up something corporate mm. today. And, um, you know, I failed to mention last week that when I was in my early 20s, I was in a band. I was the lead singer in a band. <gasps> and we had a song called I'm So Emo, I Cry Stars. And we performed it while sitting on the floor and like rocking back and forth fourth and it was kind of like a performance art kind of a thing and um I just felt like I really needed to bring that up I don't know why but if I wanted to see Sarah's face and it's it's worth every second (sighs) 
It's it well, it's just hitting every part of me. And why cannot that? Why can't that be the opening of this podcast? Right. Like, yes. or we pl- or the end. We song. play the end. Like we play out with. I'm so emo that I cry stars. Yes. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, you can get the rights to that. What do you mean the rights? <laughs> I wrote the song. <laughs> I know. That's what I'm saying. What was the name of the band? The name of the band was Golden Hour. Um, which does sound suspiciously like golden shower, but we, we, we did it. We, it's like one of those things that you just do and you're like, yeah, I was an, I was a lead singer in a band. What of it? Of course. I love it. Ooh, that makes me feel great. That makes me feel great. And we need to get, I need yeah. to hear it. Yeah. I need when, it we, when do we touch listen? my ears? Exactly. We never did any recording. I think you should put it on the pod. Yeah. Oh, I know. damn it. Well, you could sing it. You still remember I remember it. some of it. I wrote another song called Arizona. I remember that one a little better. But yeah, we wrote a few songs. We Great. played some covers. We did um, covers of Ben Lee and Rilo Kyle. I mean, it was very of the moment. Oh. Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. We're, I would have been 2006, a 2006, 2005, 2005. Great. Yeah. Love it. I mean, it's it's dreamy and it, it, it all tracks yeah, to me. Yeah, what a life we live. And I'm very you. proud of you. I just felt like I needed to tell you that about me. It's important that you knew. Well, the oh, fact that we didn't you. bring it up on emo, Happy. the emo night episode was is a travesty. So I'm glad. I you know. I really that. wish I was. I was really kicking myself when I was listening. I was like, why did you not bring that up? Especially to Mike. I just felt like his face. Like I don't know. It was a missed opportunity. But here we are. It's... He'll he'll listen to the pod. He's a he's a podcast listener now. So. <laughs> yeah. He'll, he'll listen and hear the story. He did run into Katie right after we filmed, like within the week. So we oh had like God. a brush with a bra. Oh, that's right. He texted us. And can you can you go ahead and just give us the uh, – because he said something very funny to her. Uh, or you said, you said, what could I say that wasn't a lie? <laughs> what, what was it? Yeah, he yeah. did. He's like, what could I say to her that wasn't a lie? And he wanted to say something. And he was like next to her like shopping in an aisle and he said uh sorry i don't want to bother you but love the show <laughs> what did she do oh that's sweet that's sweet i love him he's so funny <laughs> I, I guess she just said thank you and you know and laughed and walked away Aww. and i was like was she mad like i feel like he is her type i was like she probably thought you were hitting on her because you feel that's exactly right i'm like she probably looks at you and is like "Ooh, a hot gen x guy yeah and like <laughs> really yeah. like i can't imagine she's approached by a lot of cute straight men like i love the show yes exactly yeah like, that say that like, she's probably like yes i listened to her podcast thinking like what if she mentions it <laughs> <laughs> misconnections yeah misconnection sweet, sweet like misconnections. Where, is this, where is this guy and she'd be talking about my uh, husband and you know anyway it was a whole fantasy in my pisces brain yeah i feel like she probably knows he's <laughs> married because it. he's a straight man who likes vanderpump rules and the only we as we know they're all yeah. just taken yeah <laughs> true because we brought them in we brought them in they weren't yeah. ready i can't wait for this wave of divorces that's about to befall um everyone and so that i can get in there and like not you specifically <laughs> I just mean like around like at this like, age, <laughs> Sarah. Do you know something? No, I don't not know? you specifically. <laughs> Can't wait till you guys divorce. Your not husbands. you, not you guys. I'm just saying that there are it's divorces fine. that ha- that happen at this age time, and I'm trying to get all the trained yeah. men and trying to scoop yeah. in trained men. Yes, yeah. smart, smart. Capitalize really. on everyone yeah. else's hard work. Genius. I don't, I mean, I'm that's not mad it. at it. I'm not mad at the strap. <sighs> no. But not your guys' no. husbands. You guys will be married. Um, don't hate the player. Yeah, exactly. Don't hate the player. Matt's younger than me anyway. Oh, so uh, yeah. He'll never learn. Yes, yes. <laughs> A cougar. A, cougar. A puma. 
What an what episode. What an episode. Guys, thank you so much, Sarah, for coming and joining us. Thank you. It was a pleasure. You're just the most fun person in the world to talk to. It's been so great. I just want you on every week. I know. My opinions will change next week. Everything I said is allegedly, and we're all doing our best. <laughs> You're meeting me where I am at this moment. Right. I've been in therapy. So that's Send where we are. voice notes if you feel so inclined I when will. you're watching. If you feel like I've got to get my thoughts to the pod, you can absolutely send us a, a voice note and we will play it on the podcast. You know, my states of address, I may have to have a couple more of those where I just bring to you guys what's happening because I feel deeply about these people. And you know that via texts over the last year. But um, Summer House (gasps) starts tonight. Michelle, did you get in? Did you get into Summer House? Not yet. Not yet. I'm almost done with my uh, my Southern <laughs> Charm binge. It's I'm at the very end. I'm through pandemic. I'm at Paige. I'm you know I'm there. I'm great. Paige is the queen. Yeah. Your you, Summer House is great. Austin is a Winter House boy. is on pause. Okay. Okay. Austin's the worst. Oh, we can talk about this forever. House. Okay. Yeah. Start at season three or four. Don't start at the beginning. Because Stassi and Katie are on Summer House. That's true. They go to an episode. I would start start at okay, the beginning. Fine. But don't you find those twins to be like be- – it was like – I feel like the first season was so kind of boring. But okay, fine. Start at the beginning. It was. They're kind of short, but that's how we okay, get into right. Summer House the same way we got into Vanderpump Rules because we think we're watching an episode of Vanderpump Rules and then we veer off into Summer House. Yes. And at that point, I was like, no. What is this yes, in my Vanderpump? Right. On my bench. Absolutely. And so then you can pop into Summer House and meet these people who – because I think this next season is kind of Scandable-esque in the sense of there was a huge breakup in the Summer House world. And we get to see it. We get to see it happen on great. television as opposed to what happened with Scandable. Like we got the aftermath, but like we get to watch it play out in on our televisions. In we real get to time. see her become blindsided by a breakup – of an engagement. Of an engagement, like weeks before the and wedding. And these two were like a – they were both on the show separately <sighs> dating other people for years, just friends. And then years. all of a sudden, they decided to start dating. Then they got engaged very quickly. And there was a lot of like – she was mad that people were questioning how fast they were going. And now – he does. He breaks up with her on national television. He breaks up with her. Oh, oh no. Know. And he he literally waits for the cameras to break up with her. Like he doesn't oh, give her any no. heads up. So it's going to be peak yeah, television. Okay. Ooh, I'm looking I will enjoy every second. Well, I really appreciate All right. you guys telling me what to watch. Thank you. All we right. love you, I love so, you guys much. so much. And thank you so much thank for having you. me. Thank you. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye, everybody. Bye.